the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Dr. David Anderson, senior pastor and founder of Bridgeway Community Church in Columbia, Maryland. And I am so glad that you are tuned in now to our new special Saturday edition of Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson. You're going to hear conversations from recent talks where I've connected with radio listeners just like you to help them build bridges of reconciliation, race, religion, relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. Let's uh, kick off our phone calls from Bowie, Maryland. We've got Mike on the line. Hey, Mike, it's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Fine. How are you doing? Oh, alive and grateful. Thanks for hanging with us. What are you thinking, Mr. Mike? Oh, I had a question. I, I just heard the guy say that uh, the Old Testament was for the, the Hebrews and the New Testament is for the Christians. Yeah. I, I, and I, I read in the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, verse 8, it seems like it's saying it's for the same group of people. Okay. Can he uh, explain that? Sure. Let me uh, read Hebrews 8, 8, just uh, so we all can level set, if you will, make sure that we're uh, okay. saying, saying the same thing. Um, so, by the way, is uh, Hebrews in the Old Testament or the New Testament? It's in the New Testament. <laughs> no, I'm messing with you, man. All right, verse 8. Oh, okay. Uh, verse 8, yeah, he's like, Dad, he don't even know what Testament is in. Now, here it is. But God found fault with the people and said, the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That's the verse you're talking about? Yes. Okay. So you're talking about God's covenant, not necessarily God's word. Is there, what's the, is there a difference? Sure. But, well, let me let Pastor Dan answer that. So how do you respond that uh, Old Testament not for Jews, New Testament not for Christians, but all of it is the same? Um, and maybe Mike is saying because the covenant uh, God made is for all his people, so maybe the word of God should be for everyone. What do you think? Yeah, so when I was talking about the Old Testament, New Testament, I'm not saying the Old Testament's not for us. The Old Testament is actually some of my favorite parts of God's revelation. So they're both divine revelation from God to a specific group of people. So the the Old Testament was for the nation of Israel. New Testament was for New Testament Christians. But if you read how the New Testament Christians learned, they were studying the Old Testament. And so I'm not saying the Old Testament isn't for us. What I'm saying is that uh, you've got a Hebrew language and a Greek language for each of these cultures and the time periods that they were written in. I'm not saying they're not for us. And gotcha. a cov- and by the way, a covenant, no, I, I, a covenant is totally different. A covenant is an agreement that God makes with a group of people, like Moses with the children of Israel before they went into the Holy Land. They affirmed a covenant. They were saying, we are in agreement with God that we are going to obey the Old Testament law. It's a covenant, almost like a marriage covenant. Mm, is that helpful, Mike? It is, but I, I was saying that the, it sounds like he's saying the new one, new covenant, 
is with that same group of people as the old one. It says uh-huh. the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It doesn't include, doesn't sound like it's including a new group of people. I understand what you're saying now. Thanks for clarifying that. So basically when the New Testament was written, you feel like it was for everybody, right? No. I'm saying it's saying it's not. It, it, that scripture uh-huh. says he's going to make a New Testament with these, the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Uh-huh. It doesn't say anybody else, like a new add-on group. So would you, just so for clarification, so we all understand, would you say that New Testament Christians are a part of the house of Israel and the house of Judah? No, I'm saying that that scripture isn't saying that, I don't think. It sounds like that scripture is saying God, God's going to make a new agreement with the same group of people that he made the old agreement with. I understand. Because he just names those two entities, the house of Israel, house of Judah. Okay. What do you think about that, Pastor Dan? Well, I mean, there's many times where Christ talked about us reaching, making disciples of all nations. So as a New Testament Christian, I think it's pretty clear that the gospel is supposed to be global, not specific to a, a nation of people. Gotcha. Dr. Anderson would love for you to join his Facebook page and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Just search Dr. David Anderson on Facebook and click like or Anderson Speaks on YouTube and subscribe. They're a great way for you to connect with and follow Dr. Anderson. Plus, you can watch Dr. Anderson's radio program live or search past episodes. You can also connect with Dr. Anderson and his sponsors at andersonspeaks.com. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson on Facebook, YouTube, and andersonspeaks.com. Check him out today. Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? I'm good, Doctor. How are you? Oh, I'm alive and grateful. Thanks for calling. Hey, what are you thinking today on this uh, topic, Can We Trust the Bible? I have a question for Pastor Dan. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up on the King James Bible. Um, It was always my favorite version of of Scripture. Um, But my question is, now that I'm a little bit older and I can look at the Bible and see the, the names in the New Testament, like John, Peter, James, things like that seem to be English names. Are those the original names of Scripture, or are those names given by King James just so that people would have an easier time pronouncing them? So you're asking about the title of the books of the New Testament? Yes. Like John, James, Mark. Well, they, well again, they were originally written in Greek, and most of the New Testament documents, when they were first written, didn't have titles. So, yes, the titles were okay. attached by editors, so we knew what book we were reading and uh, to, to differentiate them from one another. So you know when one started and when the other one's finished and who were they addressed to. So it was, What about the actual so, people in the scriptures that we're reading about, like John? Was that his name? Was Peter his name? Or was it a different name? Well, when, when, when Jesus was alive, he actually probably smoke, spoke, wow, that was close, <laughs> Aramaic. And so <laughs> he used Aramaic was the, convert, was the conversation language anyway. So when they wrote it in Greek, they were already doing translation from if his name was Peter in, in Aramaic to Peter in Greek. So they're already starting to do translations even back then. But most likely, Jesus spoke Aramaic, so that's the names that he would have called them anyway. And so then, okay. uh, anonymous, I guess, if the name was uh, Joshua, 
you know, in one language from the Hebrews, maybe it's uh, it's like John Jesus. and Juan in Spanish to English. Yeah, Juan in in Spanish. Yeah. So then, what what anonymous is asking, since King James was English, correct? We would we would take it from Juan if it were Spanish. It wasn't, but I'm just saying, correct? We take it from Juan and then we call it transliterated into English. John. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh huh. Is that helpful, anonymous? Very helpful because I know a lot of people who have take issue with the names of the scriptures. Yeah. And I think it would just help them to understand, you know, that the names, you know, of how the names came about because they are English names. Excellent. So thank you. Hey, thank you so much. And uh, uh, anytime you want to uh, read uh, my book, uh, it's going to be named Leroy. <laughs> there was like no Leroy in the Bible. What's up with that? No, there's not. But I'm there sorry. was an Elroy. Elroy. God's name. Absolutely. The God who sees Elroy. <laughs> hey, so what are you thinking today, Miss Marie? I am thinking, I think you guys have kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning uh, when the gentleman was asking about the Hebrew mm-hmm. and uh, so the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, as a New Testament, I guess, Christian, um, I have the question where I've heard several African-American um, people that are Christians say that they are Hebrew. Right. And I'm confused about that because then they're following the law. They say we should be following the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I understand the caller just now where, you know, the, the Bible is God breathed and studying to show myself approved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I have the Holy Spirit in me to lead and guide me. So when I hear things like, you know, the African-American, you know, we're really Hebrew. Uh, so the New Testament Christian thing is not applicable. Can you touch on that when it yeah. comes to theology and the theology of the Bible? Ooh, good question, Marie. Um, good question. What should, yeah, what should the New Testament Christian be following? I know that we all are his children, Yeah. you know, but I, I just want to make sure that I'm found on uh, that. Okay, Pastor Dan, can you respond? Thank you, Miss Marie. I appreciate it. What are you thinking about that uh, so far as um, the whole idea of of black folk uh, saying that they're Hebrews? That the whole thing that's happened for uh, especially the last twenty years, but it's growing more and more, where folk are reverting to, if I can use the term "reverting" in air quotes, reverting to a Jewish way of living because they're there are Jewish, either ethnically or spiritually Jewish. How do you handle that from a New Testament perspective? Well, again, from the New Testament point of view, the gospel is supposed to be global, not just for a specific group or ethnic group of people. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, um, I, I don't buy into the idea that, um, yeah, that 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 they're part of an exclusive club that God has called and only and it's only for them. So then when somebody in a New Testament way is trying to live out the whole Bible and uh, let's say they're not even ethically Jewish, but they want to live the Jewish life because of a Seder or the Jewish feast and they get into that, there's nothing wrong with that per se. No, there's but, nothing wrong with it. It's even maybe respectful. You could even argue that it's respectful to do that kind of thing because that's where our faith comes out of those kinds of things. Some people believe the New Testament church is really just a carry-on of the Jewish people. 
uh, is, is that just a theological view well, or a biblical I'm, view? I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain both Jesus and Paul didn't think that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, you have when Jesus commissioned us to, do, to make disciples, to make them of all people, and teaching them the things that he taught them. He didn't tell them to teach the Old Testament. He told them to teach of the things that he had taught them. Mm. So they're supposed to be passing on the teachings of Christ to the disciples, uh-huh. not the Old Testament. That's a good go-forward distinction because uh, the New Testament church didn't have a New Testament, right? And so they were, they were living off of the Old Testament. So Jesus is now bringing the fulfillment of that Old Testament, and now he's sending them out, commissioning them uh, to go into the world and teach, to, uh, to obey and observe what he taught them. Is that yeah, helpful? It's more about his teaching, not mm-hmm. the teaching of the Old Testament. Got it. Maria, what do you think about that? That that's very helpful because that's what I felt. Um, you know, when you you encounter people that are, you know, maybe I guess have been looked upon as higher in their walk, mm. bishops and elders and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and you encounter them and they're telling you, you know, these things and it's like but my spirit doesn't bear witness with Mm -hmm. if I don't eat crustaceans or if I do eat crustaceans or, you know, certain food and don't follow those customs in the Marie, I got, I got to jump in. No, you're not wrong. You're right on. I got to jump in right there because we're going to this break. Let's go to Mike. Who's in Mitchellville, Maryland. Hey Mike, it's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Dr. Anderson. How are you doing? Oh, alive and grateful, my friend. What are you thinking today? I just had a question to you about, I was listening to your show a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and a caller called in on things he wanted to give up, and he said he wanted to give up uh, following pagan holidays. Okay. And you said uh, it was okay with God for us to follow pagan holidays, and yep. I just wanted you to elaborate on that, because the God of the Bible doesn't seem like He's okay with that at all. Oh, yeah. You said you do it and that it's okay with God. Yeah, I'm okay with it, too. I mean, it depends what you mean by uh, observing and celebrating them. Uh, For instance, uh, my birthday is a pagan holiday. I don't think God's upset if I have a birthday party. You see what I'm saying? Uh, That's a pagan holiday. And so if uh, because, you know, I'm a human being, I can celebrate any day that I that I want. But that doesn't mean it's a holy day. Now, the question is, are you looking okay, at it? If you're looking at a day like it's a holy day, th- that's a different story. If you're observing it religiously because of uh, faith and it's not a godly holiday, then you're right. You know, so I want to make sure I make it clear. Secular holidays doesn't mean if you celebrate a secular holiday that somehow God is mad at you. But pagan holidays, According if you were the, Bi- the God of the Bible. Of course, the God. That's the only God I'm talking about. I'm only talking about the God of the Bible. I'm only talking about the God of the Bible. You're not serving another God because you are observing a secular holiday. Where do you find that? Don't serve other gods. Uh, uh, I'm not serving another. Are you serving uh, another God when you have a birthday? You don't go to one birthday party. You telling me you don't go to a birthday party? Are you celebrating? If you celebrate, if you go to a birthday party of your wife, your friend, your 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 pastor, if you go to their birthday party, does that mean you're serving them as a god? I don't know, but Halloween, say Halloween, those devils, those type things, is that that's a pagan holiday? Do you celebrate things like that? Well, here's again, 
Am I serving it as a God? Because you're talking about serving other gods. You're using a scripture, thou should not serve other gods. But as soon as you take that and say, therefore, you cannot celebrate a secular holiday, you've made an interpretation and a jump that's not uh, logical. And so that means that if you go to somebody else's birthday, you're saying if you celebrate their birthday, then you are serving another God. So I'm asking you, if you go to someone's birthday party, does that mean you believe that person is a God? Yes or Uh, no? Probably yes. Okay, so you do believe they're a God. If you go to your sister's birthday party, your sister's a God? No. Okay. That's my point. But, but, so like you're allowed, so, you so you're allowed, but hang on. So you are allowed, let's make it clear though. So you are allowed to celebrate a non-holy day as a special day or a celebration that's not in the Bible. You are allowed to do that. Would you agree with me or not? That you're allowed to celebrate like, uh, the birth of the things that you know were done back in Babylon and they still going no, out in no, tradition of them. No, you're so, you're, no, you can, no, you no, that's them. not what I'm talking about. No, that's God, not what I'm talking about. God is, nope, nope, is, nope, is nope, 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 nope. That's not what I'm talking about. What? I'm talking about your sister's birthday. What are you talking about? I'm talking about your sister's birthday. Uh, you can, you, I guess you can celebrate your sister's birthday. Okay. All right. Does that make your sister a god? No. Okay. You're make your sister God. Okay. It, so, okay. So then you cannot use the verse, thou shalt not have any, any other gods before me, and that somehow you're violating that verse by celebrating a holiday that's not in the scriptures. It's a secular holiday. Your sister's birthday is a secular holiday. See what I think you okay. want. What so, I think so you're, you're trying to do it's is not you're tr- worshiping other gods to celebrate their holiday. Correct. It's not worshiping other okay. gods okay. to celebrate their holiday. To depending celebrate their holiday. D- exactly. Depending on what you're celebrating. If that is your god, then yes. If if I say okay, Halloween, I want to celebrate the god of the devil, or there's a Jewish feast, and I want to go to a bar mitzvah. Uh, you know, you've got to. Make up in your own mind what God you serve. And if you serve the God of the Bible, that means you can walk into any space in any country in any situation and take God with you in it. The worship of another God is not by the holiday you observe. The worship of another God is by uh, how you submit and surrender your life to him. Okay, so I can celebrate the devil's holiday, devil's birthday, and that's okay with God. I can turn that, that birthday. I can turn the devil's birthday into a praise party where the Holy Spirit shows up, and the devil wants to leave his own birthday party because there's no date on the calendar that I cannot celebrate my God anywhere the way I want to do it. And you're not more holy when you decide, oh, I'm not going to celebrate a holiday. It's a matter of conscience. That's all I'm saying. Now, what I mean by that, if you say, okay. if you, say you know what, I, I don't want to celebrate Halloween because it's evil, I'm cool with that. But at the same time, I don't want somebody to hear the radio show and say, you know what, I can't even give my kids candy on Halloween or else I'm a bad Christian. That's my point. Okay. 
and so uh, it, let me give you a verse, though. And let me give you a verse. I want you to hold on to this because it's an f- important verse. It's, it's Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Notice what the apostle says. He says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to no, a— No, no. Listen, listen, let me read it. Or with regard to a religious, okay, but, religious festival— a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. Did you see what he said there? Yeah, but that that's talking about sacrifice. That's talking about when, when the Israelites would sacrifice the, the eat what they eat and what they drink. It's, it's, it's eat uh, meat sacrifice and drink sacrifice. That was only one part of the verse. The rest well, of the verse says, or or the rest of the verse says, you're right. Eat or drink. You're right. You got that part right. And then he goes on. He doesn't stop there. He says, or. Listen to what comes after the or. Don't let them judge you by what you eat or drink. You got that part right. Or, listen, with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Colossians 2.16. So just take these things into consideration and think about it, my friend, okay? Okay. Thank you, Mike, from Mitchellville. Hey, Kevin, it's Dr. Anderson here. How you doing? Hey, Dr. Anderson, I'm doing good. Long-time listener, third-time caller. I have a little problem. Okay. I've been dating this young lady, and, and her and I want to get married. And we talked to my pastor. We had a meeting with the pastor, and the pastor said he couldn't marry us because she's Muslim and I'm Baptist. Uh-huh. And I'm stuck between a rock and a hard shell, and I'm not quite sure what to do. Hmm. Well, let me ask you, why do you want to marry this woman anyway? Tell me about her. Because we've been dating... Mm-hmm. Um, she has a 12 year old son. He's, I treat him like he's my son. Mm-hmm. Um, we get together, we, we get along very well. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything's working out pretty good. Just mm-hmm. the only problem we're having is like, she's Muslim and I'm Baptist mm-hmm. and we're not equally yoked. Mm-hmm. All right. So I asked you to tell and me. That's, that's what I'm afraid of. Okay. All right. Well, that's a good, th- that's a good thing to think about. And we can talk about that. I asked you to tell me about her. I really wanted to know about it. You said you want to marry because you dated her. I didn't hear that you love her, but I assume you do. <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. I do. I do. Okay. I really do. I love her son just like he's mine. I understand. Okay. So do you think there'd be a problem if you did uh, get married with the whole Muslim Baptist thing? Do you think that'd be a problem or, or not so much? I don't think it will be, but my pastor has a problem. So we're finding somebody to marry us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because well, of that, because they're saying we're not equally yoked. Right. Understood. Well, I mean, there may be some truth to that, but I want to make sure we press into this a little bit more because I could tell you the same thing. You know, you're not equally yoked. It's not good to marry somebody that doesn't have the same faith as you. Those are easy answers. We could deal with that. But I, I kind of want to go a bit deeper than that. What happens when you guys are married and uh, you really want her to worship Jesus Christ and you want the 12-year-old to worship Christ and then maybe you even have another kid someday, uh, would it be okay with you if they just become Muslim? Or what are you thinking? Well, I'm not Muslim. She is. But I'm trying to get her to convert over. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking about it, but she's not 100%. But I don't think she's taking it real serious to switch over mm-hmm. because they pray to Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And so- we're... I'm just wondering how and I'm not quite sure what you know. Yeah, well, I'm wondering how you two are going to, you know, work this thing out as you're married. You're worshiping Jesus. She's 
uh, worshiping Muhammad and you guys are trying to figure out how to raise your kids, how to uh, live by uh, the good book. What good book do you live by? Like, do you live by the Bible, God's word, or do you live by the Quran? Uh, what they believe is God's word. They think that uh, Muhammad is the the last prophet. They do not see Jesus as God or as the son of God who is the same equal deity as the father. So I just wonder how you're going to, how you're going to deal with that. I'm not sure. That's why I was calling you. Okay, good. No, I'm so glad you are. And I'm so I'm happy. Yeah, I'm so happy that you did call me. This is what I think I would do if I were you. I would do some premarital counseling with the pastor and put a, a, on hold this marriage thing right now. I'm not saying you guys will never get married, but I know what I've seen when I've um, worked with couples that were unequally yoked and we study God's word together and we do premarital counseling. God shows up in that and things are revealed. I, I In fact, I know a couple right now. They've been married now for over 25 years and he uh, did not believe in God, um, and she did. Okay. Uh huh. And, and so they used to work together. He was the owner of the company. She was his secretary, and I was working in sales in that company. But the cool thing happened. They wanted to get married. They were sleeping together and, and all this other stuff. They wanted to get married. I said, you know what? Let's talk about it. And we had premarital counseling sessions, and you'll never guess what happened. As we began to open the Word of God, he began to see that he was unsaved, and she began to see that he was unsaved. And they thought, man, being unequally yoked, it may not be so good for us, just for us, so far as our kids and our life. Right. It's, it's kind of like we're both trying to get to the same destination, but we're looking at two completely different maps. And so guess what they did? Yeah. They decided, you know what, we're not going to get married now. right now. Let's have this faith journey first. And guess what? He gave his life to Christ. I ended up marrying them. He ended up becoming a Bible teacher, and they're still married to this day. So what I might do is just say, you know, enter the process of of discipleship. Enter the process of premarital counseling, and let's see what God uncovers. Who knows? She might get saved to know the same God as you. You've been listening to Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson, Weekend Edition, a ministry of Bridgeway Community Church. We would love to have you join us at Bridgeway in our Performing Arts Theater in Columbia, Maryland for one of our three identical Sunday services at 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and noon. Or join us online at www.bridgeway.cc. Real Talk with Dr. David Anderson airs live weekdays on this station and is ready to take your calls. Tune in at 3 p.m. weekdays on WAVA 105.1 FM. We hope to see you tomorrow at church. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.